the little old ladies with the blue hair. It's time for the big boys to begin the real game. <laughs> I'm going to lay this on you before we get started. I, I, uh, it's the first day of spring. And to me, this is one of the two or three most exciting days of the year. It is, let us put it this way, it is rich and ripe with promise. (laughs) Of course, a few months from now, it will have all collapsed as it always does. But right now, it is rich and ripe with promise, like a watermelon seed that ain't begun to sprout. It just lay in there. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. My God, we is all in it together. Yes, sir. We is all part of it. All them rabbits walking around out there, laying an eye on one another. All them breezes blowing down all them long streets. Oh, yeah. Even Jersey seems to be like a human compost heap, ready to send out branches and shoots. And grow like some incredible, unbelievable atomic bomb of passion. (laughs)
Now do a choir of chirping minstrels bring in triumph to the world. The youthful spring. Hey, man. Old man rain at the window pane knocks and fumbles and knocks again. His long-nailed fingers slip and strain. Old man rain at the window pane knocks all night. <laughs> but knocks in vain. Old man rain. Old man rain at the window pane reels and shambles along the lane. His old gray whiskers drip and drain. Old man rain with fuddled brain reels and staggers like one insane. Old man rain. With old man rain. And he's back again. With old Mr. Wind at the window pane. Dancing there with her tattered train. Her old shawl flaps as she whirls again, old Miss Rain. Miss Rain is back. And yeah, old Miss Wind, too, and the old wild man dance in this torn. Old Miss Wind and old man Rain just hopping around out there. <laughs> yeah. You gotta know it, man. I, you know, you gotta know it. Like tonight, I'm walking along 6th Avenue. You know, even 6th Avenue recognizes it. By God, I'm walking along there, you know. And it's kind of, you can just feel the edge of spring in the air. You see, it's a little chilly, but you can feel the edge. And the guy stops at a light there. It's about 7.38, 9 o'clock tonight. What do I hear drifting out of the window of his Impala? Lindsey Nelson. And he is describing a spring training game. And Ed Cranepool is always up in the spring. Ed Creampool always standing up there taking them left-handed cuts. And by now he's getting to be old number seven. You wouldn't want to hear it, but he is. And always is in the spring. As always, Cleon Jones looking forward to a mean year. Steps in there and wiggles his behind and digs in. Ready to hit one of them right-handed slants coming down at him. The sun does rise and make happy the skies. The merry bells ring to welcome the spring. <laughs> the skylark and thrush, the birds of the bush, sing louder around to the bells' cheerful sound while our sports shall be seen. Indeed, on the echoing green, old John with white hair does laugh away care. Sitting under the oak among the old folk, they laugh at our play, and soon they all say such... Indeed, such were the joys when we were all girls and boys in our youth time were seen on the echoing green. Till the little ones, weary, no more can be merry. The sun does descend, and our sports have an end. Round the laps of their mothers, many sisters and brothers like birds in their nest are ready for rest. And sport no more seen on the darkening green in spring. Hey, that's beautiful. That's Blake. Makes a good combination, Mingus and Blake. And the spring comes linking and jinking through the woods, opening with gentle hand the bonny green and yellow buds. End of poem. Southern sky betokening rain, and humming hive bees homeward hurry by. They feel the change, so let us shun the grain and take the broad road while our feet are dry. 
Aye, there are some doppels moistened on my face and patterned on my hat just coming. Aye. Let's look about and find a sheltering place. The little things around, like you and I, are hurrying through the grass to shun the shower. Ah, here's stoops and ash tree. Hark, the wind gets high. But never mind. This ivy for an hour, rain as it may, will keep us dryly here. That little wren knows well his sheltering bower, nor leaves his dry house, though we come so near. Yeah. Upon the hills, new grass is seen. The vendor's garden sass is green. The birds between the showers fly. The woods are full of flowers. Shy. The ornamental butterfly expands his wings to flutter by. The bees, those little honey bugs, are gaily dancing bunny hugs. <laughs> While poets sing tripping rhyme that springs a simply ripping time. You like that, huh? Hey, this is W.O.R. New York. Where else are you going to hear good stuff? You know. I think I have to lay a commercial. Should we do a spring commercial on him, George? Go, go, leave that go. What the hell? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Savers. Here comes the evil squirrel sneaking up to you, telling you. March 31st should be good news for most of you, but if it ain't... Uh, Good news, because on that day, most banks will credit interest to your savings account. Some at 5% a year, some as low as 4% a year. Yes, sir. You see, interest is credited and available in most banks every three months. I'll do it like a little poem. See, now the important question is, will you have to wait another three months before you get another dividend credited to your account? Providence Savings Bank. Yeah, you won't have to wait because they credit you and say it with a round, rich tone monthly. So if you'd like to join up with this groovy bank, you can bank by mail. You don't have to live in Jersey. Just stick it on the mail, man, and you'll get 5% credited every month. Give them a call now at MU2. That's Muscatel. I mean, that's MU2680. Muscatel's a cheap wine. I'm thinking of something else. It's MU2680 right now. Operators are standing by. Member FDIC. What's the price? 30 twice. Yeah. What's the word? Thunderbird. <laughs> You want to hear this one? You're going to hear it whether you like it or not. I don't, the maple buds are swelling. It must be sprig that I am spelling. Again, the bird is odd to wig, and nature starts her highland flig. <laughs> That's a spring cold song. I don't, the maple buds are swelling. It must be sprig that I am spelling. It's a nice one. Now, the wild bees that hive in the rocks are winding their horns, elfin shrill. And hark at the pine tree, the woodpecker knocks. And the speckled grouse pipes on the hill. I'll lay this stuff on you guys in New York. I never hear any kind of stuff like this. <laughs> the speckled grouse on the hill. Can you see a speckled grouse walk, walking west on 48th Street? Had this <laughs> nothing to say than a speckled grouse walking in midtown Manhattan in the spring. 
looking for the adder's dull brood to wake to run. Now the sap mounts abundant and good, and the brown bear has turned with his side to the sun in his lair in the depth of the wood. Yeah, old honeypaw wakes in the wood. You know, that's what's happening. You know that the bears are waking up all over, and you know there are 27 known wild bears living in the state of New Jersey. That is a fact. 27 wild bears are living in New Jersey, and right about this time of the year, Dad is waking up, looking around. Oh, a little more slumber, says he, and a little more turned to sleep, but he feels the spring fervor that hurries the bee and the hunger that makes the trout leap, so he ambles by thicket and trail, so he noses the tender young shoots in the spring of year. At the sign of the quail, the brown bear goes digging for roots, for sappy, succulent roots. Uh, I like that phrase, sappy, succulent roots. Uh, <laughs> you like this, don't you, George? The sensuality is all over. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I just feel it. It's the spring, and I'm wearing my favorite shirt tonight, my currently favorite shirt. It's a blue work shirt. Cut to size 420. I don't know where they got such a big one, but it's a blue work shirt. And over the breast pocket it says, Honorary Prisoner, Rochester Institute of Technology. <laughs> Which they gave to me. You want to hear some more poems? You know that, oh, as still goes the wolf on his quest. You know there are still wolves around? Not in this neighborhood, but they're around... Yeah, right now, at this time of the spring, the wolf is on his quest as the spotted snake glides through the rocks and the deer and the sheep count the lightest foot best and slinking and sly trots the fox. But fleet foot and light foot will stay and fawns by their mothers will quail at the saplings that snap and the twi- thickets that sway when big old honeypaw takes to the trail when he shuffles and grunts on the trail. Big old honeypaw, he has gathered the ground squirrel's hoard. He has rifled the store of the bees. He has caught the young trout at the shoulder of the ford and stripped the wild plums from the trees. So, robbing and ranging, he goes. And the right to his pillage makes good till he rounds out the year at the first of the snows in his lair in the depth of the wood. Old honeypaw sleeps in the wood. Yeah. <laughs> like to hear about old Dan'l? Yep, out of his cottage to the sun, bent double comes old Dan'l. Old Dan'l, his chest all over, cotton wool, his back all over flannel. Winter will finish him, they've said. Each winter now for ten. But comes the first warm day of spring, old Dan'l's out again. <laughs> mean old coot. Makes it every year. They keep saying it's never going to do it this year, and by God, he's up there again as soon as that sun comes up. You like that, George? How about keep that on the side there? I'm going to keep that for a little bit there, if you don't mind. You like to hear that stuff. You always tell every time George is is with me, there's a sensual show on it on the docket, right? <laughs> well, ain't many of us, you know. Some guys think with their heads, other guys think with their glands, and uh, that's a that's a separate world, you know. You know, speaking of that, I learned uh, 
Well, that can get you in a lot of trouble. Well, of course, they both can get you in trouble. Guys that think with their heads get in trouble, too. Guys that think with their glands off and wind up in jail. Either that or they wind up with some guy running after him with a shotgun. Some girl crying on the back porch. A lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I learned something. Wait, let me try it. Listen to this. Shepard's famous imitation of dripping water. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I, I took me a long time. I learned that. I worked with this guy. It's his only talent. And I had learned it. It took me a long time to learn it. Now, listen, you want to hear that again, George? You want to hear that again? Never really relate to 
I suppose you might say such simple things as the sun. Well, they may do it in a formal way. I am going to the beach today. I wish to get a suntan, that kind of thing. But just the mere fact that the sun is out there and you're walking along and you, you can feel it on your back as you walk uh, up through midtown Manhattan is a sensual feeling. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a basic, uh, primal feeling. Uh, it goes back much further than any, any history ever goes back to the very earliest days. You know, when the earliest caveman, the very earliest of man, long before he even had fire, must have been in absolute terror of winter, of cold. Uh, he, 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 was, he was badly equipped for it. That's one thing that, the, that man as a creature is not equipped to uh, burrow in the snow. Like the bear, old honeypaws, he's ready for winter. And uh, maybe it's because he's ready for both winter and summer. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't caused upon and forced to invent fire. But we had to. Either that or it was bad news. And so uh, back in the very earliest of primal days when, when man had this beetling brows and sloping forehead, it reminds me of some guys I've worked for. But um, <laughs> I just had to throw that in. But you know that that little pig-like eye of the of the of the creature who was only animal, who barely had a thought that followed another thought, long before he began to you know think of great stuff that in the future you know great uh, examples of civilization you know like all oh, you know like the Carson show and all that it's all led to that. But uh, here he was, he was down in this this hole in the ground, and it's 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 in the worst. You know, in the middle of the worst cold weather of the time, and it's, it's a, just evil winds blowing by. And he's just laying down there, see. And they 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 tended to to lie next to one another, just all rolled up in a ball to keep warm in the real cold time. And way in the back of a cave or under a cliff or under a fallen tree, all rolled up because I kept them away from the big things with the long claws and them bad teeth. Yeah. And they're just laying there. And then all of a sudden, without any warning, they just, they couldn't understand it. There was a soft breeze that blew across that mean valley that hit them as they lay there under the rocks. My God, it must have been some fantastic feeling. They come crawling out. They come crawling out from under that stuff. Started to move out. And it was at that point, right at that point, that man began to worship spring. Oh, yes. Because spring meant he'd made it again. That poem about old Daniel. No joke. Because not just... A few years ago, not very long ago by history, you know, we're just starting on this trail. Man is a new thing on this earth. And not a long time ago, most of the, of the creatures called man later died during those cold, cold, long months. They never made it. And the ones that made it crawled out of that dark hole under the rock and knew they had another time they was going to live for a while and that soft breeze blew and they looked up there and they saw that big old hot sun beating down on the top of their matty hair you know 
those little pig-like eyes and that sloping forehead. They looked around and they began to eat roots. Man was, yes, man was largely a vegetarian, you know. They began to dig among the, among the sprouts. What's the matter? Don't you think you could cut that? You'd be surprised what you could cut, son. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You know, I've lived from time to time, not most notably in the Army at one or two occasions, so close to the animal life that I suddenly discovered, you know, you can not only do it, you can survive it. And somehow you feel right doing it. You really do. You don't like it at first. You don't ever really like it, even at, at the end. But the feeling you've done it, there's something else. You go crawling out from under those rocks with the rain dripping down around your head. You don't notice it. Now, there are certain people who look upon nature as a constant enemy. How many times have you gone out with a chick who blamed the rain on you? You know? You got out there and you're starting to get in the cab and the rain comes down and there goes her hair. And she turns to you and says, oh, like, what are you going to do now? Nature is an enemy to many people. Yeah. Just leave that go, George. That's real good. You don't have to do no adjusting. It's fine. Stormy weather. And there's a lot of people look upon nature as an enemy. They really do. They want to live in a little sealed apartment with an air conditioner going year-round. The steady hum of a feathers is to many a person... The only song he wants to hear, that is spring. As a matter of fact, you know that they're coming out with a new set of air conditioners. You can adjust to blow different types of air per season. So you just reach over and press the spring button. And you get soft spring air, you know, with a touch of, of uh, chemical buds. Blows the, the uh, tape sound of awakening thrushes at you. As you live on East 43rd Street somewhere down there deep in the inner city. And then, uh, you know, a couple of months later, you touch the button, it says summer, and it blows a couple of hot breaths at you and some ashes down your neck, and, and that blows a little asphalt smoke in your ear, and then you know it's time to go to Jones Beach. And then a few months later, you press the button, it says fall, and you, you know, the little slight breeze, cool, comes drifting out there with the smell of chemically created, artificial, non-bona fide burning leaves. And you can choose whether you want burning oak or burning elm or burning ash, depending on what section of the country you once came from. If you came from any section of the country, it just grew like a damn mushroom. And you press the button, it blows in your face, and you know it's fall. And, of course, a couple of months later, it'll blow snowflakes on you. You know it's time to get out the Christmas tree bulbs. And the whole thing starts all over again, the endless cycle. Brought to you by feathers. But at the but you can be sure, I guess, if it's Westinghouse. After all, Frank Gifford tells me, so I guess I can't, uh, I can't buck a tight end like that. He knows. And the first moment they come crawling out of that, that real dark, that miserable, bad-looking thing that they were living in all winter, man, they took one look up at that sun. And you know that's how it all started? The celebration of the spring wound up with the Bryn Mawr girls dancing about the Maypole. Uh, did you ever see the Bryn Mawr girls dance around the Maypole? I had done it. I've seen it. I have seen it. 
And uh, you know that there's something there more than the studying Latin and Greek and the sociology of the emerging nations. Those chicks go galloping around in that green grass and get the feel something else there. But the... <laughs> and it, it, you know, it, it led to almost everything. It led to Lindsey Nelson's sport coats, the whole bit, you know? And uh, it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to know, you know, where the animal stops and the mind of man ceases and uh, all those glands and all those wires that run around in your body and all those all those floating around little bits of lymph and junk that go, you know, to make up the average walking around human being. Yeah. Now, the bear, he knows. He does not hesitate. It is springtime. He knows it's spring. He also knows when it's winter. So does the ladybug. Yep. And the rabbit. Just the ordinary scratching, sniffing rabbit. Digs down there among the radishes. Uh, that rabbit, he knows. He don't have to be told. He didn't have to go to school or learn anything about the sociology of being a rabbit. And he's not even worried about his identity either. He just scratches for more radishes and hopes for the best. If he can even do that. Now, the raccoons, something else. Now, I don't know whether you know much about raccoons, but they're, they're funny little things, you know, and they <laughs> they are. I'd say the raccoon is closer to man than many of my relatives. Yeah. You ever seen a raccoon with the little feet he's got? He's got little hands, you know. And uh, right about this time, he's sitting down on the edge of the, the streams and the springs and the water, and he's dunking stuff in the swamps. And he's grubbing around down there along the shore for... For a few uh, frogs that ain't as spry as they should be. At which point he will glom onto them. And after all, it's a survival of the fittest. That's the only way. And I mean, if you're a good working raccoon and you're a, a bad acting frog, you deserve to go. And so the raccoon dunks him in the water and sticks him in his trap and walks on. Licks his chops, washes his hands, and always washes his face after every meal. I, I point that out. Those of you who are the fastidious type. Now, the opossum now, just about now, has given birth to a little tiny opossum eye. What is the plural of opossums? Is it opossums? Opossi? It's opossums. Well, an opossum, when born, is totally naked, just like you. That's right. And the only difference between you and the opossum, when born, is the opossum is roughly the size, I would say, of a very small, possibly a very undersized thimble, a little tiny thing. Little bit, little bitty bitty thing, and it's all curled up and pink. I'll tell you, you never saw something this pink. And they ride around in that little pocket right underneath the mother, just where Portnoy would like to have ridden around, but his mother was not a marsupial, so it didn't work out so good. But nevertheless, that's that's what happens with the possum. And uh, I did it. Just thought you'd like to know about nature out there. If you don't know any of these things, yeah. Live and by the way, he's a mean biter. You got, you get, yeah, yeah. You, the possum may be cute, but he's got some of the worst set of teeth you ever saw. I got bit one time right across the thumb with a possum by grabbing him by the tail, so he can just lap back up and grab you in the front there. So, uh, a lot of things that happen in the spring that you may not know about here. For example, right now at this time, the crawdads are beginning to stir in the bottom of the swamps. Uh, and they're beginning to shed their skins, you know. You, you know what is it, a crawdad? I'll tell you what a crawdad, if you don't know what a crawdad is, I... I uh, yeah, by the way, a crawdad... 
You may have eaten crawdads and not known it. There are many, yes, there are many lobster tails that are really actually crawdads. They're not actual lobsters that you buy, particularly they're frozen types, and they're very good. Crawdad is a good eating thing, especially if you happen to be a, a possum or a fox. They're real good. But a crawdad, a crawdad, as a matter of fact, uh, if you've never seen one, is really a small miniature. Let's put it this way. He's a, he's a tiny, tiny wee lobster. He's a little bitty lobster. He looks like a lobster, except he doesn't have the same kind of claws. You can immediately tell a crawdad from a lobster by the kind of claws he's got. And he also skitters backwards. If you ever seen a lobster uh, and or slash crawdad, if you ever seen a crawdad go back across the bottom of a swamp, he goes like a shadow. He moves faster than anything you would have believed he could move. But he moves backwards. He doesn't go towards his head. He goes... He skitters backwards, and he leaves a strange little hunching, chopping track across the silt on the bottom as he goes. And he hides under rocks, because at this time of the year, something else is happening. Them big old largemouth bass beginning to move out of that dark, cold water out in the middle of the lake. They're beginning to feel that thing down inside of them. It's time to have more bass. It's the same thing that happens with a guy standing outside of the Route 3 diner in his uh, Toronado when that chick comes moving on out, you know, carrying those big steins of A&W Route there. He begins to feel something. There's nothing to do with eight-track stereo. Not at all. And that's what's happening to the big old bass as he comes moving in, see? And the first thing he does, he is hungry. He is mean and hungry. It's been a long, cold winter out there in the deep water. He's lean. He's got a flat belly, and he wants to have a round belly. And he gets it by shoving them little crawdads around. The crawdads are hiding under the weeds, waiting. And, of course, uh, that also includes the frogs, because there's nothing but a large mouth. And that includes a small mouth, not to mention a chain pickerel. They love a frog in the spring. Demo, they snap it up quicker than a Girl Scout snaps up a snaps up a, a big fat old roasted marshmallow with a weenie roast, and they just wait. See, whap whap, they're ready to go. Now, on the other hand, to be perfectly honest with you, those crawdads are no—they're no barking themselves because what are they living on? You don't think they're just walking around eating mud, do you? Oh no, uh, they're living on other things like. Uh, for example, you heard, how long has it been since you heard of an aphid? How long has it been since you heard, yes, they, they, they love the, well, right now, right now, in, in every little piece of water in Jersey, there are 428 trillion uh, mean mosquitoes that are just percolating away, waiting for the first day when you're out there in the back with your barbecue, waiting to come winging out of that, that woods. <laughs> ready to lay it on you. Now, this is what the crawdad eats, so don't get mad at the crawdad. See, everything connects, you see. I'm trying to tell you that ecology is more than just throwing baby Ruth wrappers on 6th Avenue. In fact, it had nothing to do with it. But the, that everything connects. See, the, the crawdad eats the mosquito, the mosquito eats you, the, the, the largemouth bass eats the, eats the crawdad, and then along comes you, and you sit there, and you fish, and you eat the smallmouth bass, you know, it just keeps going round and round, everybody roasts, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, you know, you, 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 you roast me, and I'll put a little 
pick a lily sauce on you, and we'll wriggle on fine, you know. And they, you just, it's such a long, endless cycle, and it's now spring, and it's all starting to happen, see, everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, there's guys down there now walking around that think they're going to be Mets this year. Well, the survival of the fittest again, you know. Next thing you know, it's back to Rochester. You know, maybe not even that. Maybe Rochester don't want them this year. By God, it's back to the Tom McCann shoe store, which is the hardest blow of all. But that's what spring is like. It's a cruel, it's a cruel, kind season. Yep. Bad shortstops get cut. Crawdads that ain't as spry as they should be get cut. But on the other hand, the smallmouth bass gets fatter. And the Lindsey Nelson gets fatter. Just keeps, you know, one feeds on the other. Spring, you can't get too bugged by it. You got to pick it up and lay it down the best way you can. We made it through, didn't we, gang? Yes, sir, we're still here. You and me. George. You, Herb. Jerry. Me. We're all here. <laughs> I got me and old Daniel. And the crawdads. A few of them made it. A couple of possums. A few, uh... You deer wandered around out there outside of New Brunswick, and they made it. They even got across the Jersey Turnpike. They got their mates. Easy. So that's it. Tonight's salute to spring. Let's hear that nice note, George. That nice long one. Oh, man, yeah. So, see, that wasn't painful, was it? To remind you of your animal heritage. Wasn't painful. Did you feel them bicuspids itching? Did you feel that canine, those canine teeth in the front there, you know? They're not made for eating crepe Suzette. No, no, that the nature didn't put those canines in the front there for you to sit around and eat Twinkies. Oh, no. Man is by nature. Is not only by nature but by body and by design and by choice, a carnivore. Mm-hmm. You know that's nothing to be held against. I mean, after all, so is old Honey Paws, so is the so is the possum, so is your Uncle Fred. I mean, you know, it's all part of the whole scheme. You gotta accept it for what it is, dig it for what it is. Feel that sun beating down between your shoulder blades on your your. Robert Hall, pick him off the gas pipe racks, that Guardian double knit suit. Yeah, spring man. Stay tuned for Big Lester Smith and the news.